0: All right, we're going to read the, this passage, but I need to give a couple of caveats. Um, number one, as I was working on this message, I have this strange feeling that I've preached this message before unintentionally. And so, if you're having a, a sense of deja vu vu descending on you, I'm there too with you, man. We're in this together. Um, so, there you go. Somebody's going to Google the archives and probably post it and just be like, Rob, we want fresh meat here, not warmed up leftovers. I promise you that this is fresh for me. And the other thing I just want to share with you as we go into this, um, I, whenever I'm, I'm doing a message about Mary, I don't know what it is exactly, but she, out of all the people that I've spoken of in the Bible, is the one that, besides Jesus, that I'm most reminded that she was a real person and that she's still alive. She died, her body was buried somewhere, but she is still alive in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, as we read the Bible, it's, it's really easy to think about Bible characters, so to speak, kind of like a character in a Percy Jackson or a Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings book or something like that, that somebody made up. And yes, we're all made up by God, but everyone in the Bible is a real person. And Mary was a real person who had this real experience with God and this real life with God and this utterly unique experience of Jesus. And so as we're reading this scripture, I just want to invite all of us to remind ourselves of the realness of this. This was a real woman who had this event happen to her. And she's alive today. And I'm, she's one of the ones where I'm, I, I catch myself wondering what it's going to be like to meet her. Uh, I don't know if I die before Jesus comes back, if, well, if there's a awesome waiting room in heaven before the return and our resurrection body, so I don't know if I'll have to wait until the resurrection, but someday I'm going to meet this lady. And I, I expect that, even though in one sense we're all equal in Christ, and we're all sinners who needed to be redeemed, and we're all saved and going to enjoy Jesus equally, that Mary is going to have this unique honor for all of eternity for being the woman who bore the Christ, and that I, I kind of expect that she's going to be a bit of an exalted princess or something like that. I don't know, but I, I just, when I read this story, when I think about Mary, I want to give her that honor. Not worship, I'm not going to pray to her, don't worry about anything like that, but I want to forever honor this woman for what, how God used her in history. So, this is just Rob, this is just me, but let's get into the Word of God. who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, I invite you to come and touch every heart that hears this. Lord, open our minds, open our spirits, open our souls. Open us up, Lord, to hear what you want to speak through your holy and eternal word father i thank you for mary and for the visit from gabriel and all that you intended and i thank you lord that you used luke to capture this conversation for us for all of the history of the church and father i pray that a fresh delivery of grace would come to everybody who hears this wherever they are lord you know their hearts and all their needs and i pray that by your wisdom and kindness you would provide for them something good for your glory and for the name of jesus and all god's people said amen don't worry they said amen you couldn't hear it or at least a couple of them did okay so today i just want to frame what i'm going to say by this whole idea of being a servant of the lord and how mary when she heard this impossible news and got a little bit of help with the details of how it would work responded to this message by declaring that she was a servant of the Lord. And even though Mary has this totally unique life in what she was called to do as a servant of the Lord, I think there's so much about what happens here that is actually for every single person who becomes a believer in Jesus Christ. And that my heart for me and my desire for all of us is that we would kind of pick up this mindset of considering ourselves a servant of the Lord in our lives. And not just around Christmas, but every day, hey, I'm a servant of the Lord. And so that's the big idea. And I want to look at a few ways of adopting this mindset of being servants of the Lord. Because that's what we are. Hey, whether you like it or not, Christian, God considers you to be a servant. Among all the titles that he gives you, son, daughter, chosen, forgiven, amongst all the identities that we have in Christ, the ultimate multiple identity complex as Christians, we've got all kinds of names. One of the things Christ considers us to be is his servants, the servant of the Lord. That's what we are. And so we should know and love and embrace what God has for us in this. So number one, Servants of the Lord greet the greatness of Jesus. This is one of my favorite parts of this entire passage where the angel says to Mary, He will be great. And even though that's totally true, it's still like this huge understatement because Jesus is the greatest, he, He's the greatest in every way. And there are two ways that Jesus is great and is going to be great that the angel highlights, and I want to look at both of them, being introduced as the son of David as well as being introduced as the son of God. And I want us to be able to kind of see ourselves welcoming the greatness of Jesus um, as being a servant of the Lord. Because it's kind of weird. Like, Let's just think about this for a second. Your average person, if an angel showed up to them, and they're having that moment. You know, movies always, you know, they have a light and they try to do it. I don't, who knows what it was like for an angel to show up? Sometimes when the angel showed up, it didn't look like anything. And People hardly knew what, that they were talking to an angel. And sometimes they know right away. So who knows visually and acoustically if it was like massive reverb? Mary, 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 Mary. You know, who knows? We don't know. Obviously, it's not important enough to give a lot of details, but an angel comes and talks to you, and they're like, hey, good news. Oh, good news. I'm talking to an angel. This is great. Yeah, somebody else is going to be great. I just wanted to tell you that somebody else is going to be amazing. You know, you might just think, well, well, why are you telling me? You know, there's something kind of self-focused about us that if an angel showed up to us, we would want to find out how we're going to be great in it. Amen? And this is, this is one of the keys to life. <coughs> None of us is going to be the most important person who ever lived. None of us who's ever lived, besides Christ, is the most important person who was ever born. None of us today is the most important person. None of us born in the future, none of our kids or grandkids, you know, they're special to us, but nobody is going to be the greatest person ever born. That was Jesus and so there's kind of this understatement, but there's something about Mary being a servant of the Lord that she can receive hearing that the angel has showed up to tell her that somebody else is going to be great. And she receives that. Well, I'm the servant of the Lord. If my job is to make somebody else great or to participate with somebody else's greatness, I, I welcome that. Amazing. And one of the first things that <clears throat> the angel wants to tell mary about is jesus's greatness about the fact that he's going to be the son of david and this is what the angel says and it says the lord god will give to him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob and of his kingdom there will be no end now i want us to kind of get this a little bit mary would have totally understood though you know being stunned as her mind is trying to process what's going on but she would understand what was going on because god had promised to david that one of his physical offspring, would sit on the throne of Israel forever. And this is the promise from the passage. This is from 2 Samuel. Sorry, it's a bit small for me. I'm going to turn around. 2 Samuel 7 verse 12. And I want to read this for you. This is back in the days when David was alive and when he was king over Israel. And the prophet Nathan came to him and said, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, meaning you die, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your own body and i will establish his kingdom forever and he shall build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever and i will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son and when he commits iniquity i will discipline him with the rod of men with the stripes of the sons of men but my steadfast love will not depart from him as i took it from saul whom i put away from before you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me your throne shall be established forever and this is one of these prophecies from the old testament that has multiple layers and multiple fulfillments because the first fulfillment was in David's son Solomon who did build a house for the Lord and built the temple but Solomon sinned and so the te- the kingdom was kind of half torn away from his descendants but one of the main problems with all of David's physical descendants is that they died and there was even a time where Israel or Jerusalem was destroyed and there was no king sitting on any throne in Israel. And for years and years and years it was like that. So here's this outstanding promise that God had promised David and said, I am going to give you a descendant who's going to sit on the throne of Israel forever. And all of Israel could be looking at this going, yeah, but they always die. And then sometimes they sin and we get kicked out. How is this going to be fulfilled? How is this possible? And so now the the angel Gabriel has come to Mary and is saying this promise that has been hanging in the air unfulfilled for centuries is going to be fulfilled in your child. I am going to, through you Mary, provide David with offspring to sit on the throne forever. And the foreverness comes from the fact that Jesus, yeah, he lived and yeah, he died but he was raised from the dead into everlasting life. And now he sits on the throne in heaven. And one day he's going to kind of return. And he is going to sit on the throne over the whole world forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And so Jesus' greatness starts off with fulfilling this promise by being someone who is a son of David. Who can live forever sitting on the throne. You say, Rob, what does this have to do with me? Well, I think this, we're starting off small and this is going to build. The servant of the Lord sees themselves as a part of God's big story. Servants of the Lord, even today, find their place in history as a part of God's big story. Because what's the other alternative than seeing yourself as fulfilling the story that's in God's book? The other alternative is what can be kind of like a normal life, which is this. People wake up in the day and they're like, I want to feel happy. That's, that's their story. We're not, we don't see ourselves as part of our story. We just wake up into, today I want to be happy. Just like everybody else. And then you, maybe you might have a day that makes you happy, maybe you don't have a day that makes you happy, and if you don't have the day that makes you happy, then how do you respond to it? You're maybe going to grumble, maybe going to complain, maybe going to fuss about something, maybe going to go and self-medicate, you know, buy something legally, illegally, try to get the illegal stuff made legal so that you can buy something to make you happy, but you're, the average Canadian's life is just, today I want to try to be happy. And what that does for most of us, it makes us very, very bad at going through suffering. Because we cannot see the hardships of our life as a part of being in the story of God. And this announcement for Mary wasn't easy, right? She's this young woman. She's not married yet. She's engaged but not married. And so an angel shows up and says, guess what? You're pregnant. That's not good news in a lot of ways might mess up her marriage, going to mess up her reputation, going to maybe mess up parts of her life. But as soon as she starts hearing, you're going to bear the son of David that was promised, she starts cluing in that she is part of God's big plan. And that doesn't... So that takes her out of just wondering, is today going to be a day where I'm happy? Is tomorrow going to be a day where I'm happy? Is the next day going to be a day where I'm happy? And all of a sudden she goes, happy, not happy, peaceful day, not peaceful day, calm day, not calmful day. I am a servant of the Lord. I'm a part of God's big plan. And every Christian alive today can find themselves somewhere in God's big plan. And the big picture is right now Jesus is raised from the dead and through the preaching of the word and the power of the spirit, the work, the knowledge of Jesus is spreading throughout the entire planet. And we are these Gentiles, these non-Jews who are being welcomed into the people of God by faith in Jesus so that we don't have to get circumcised, hallelujah, and we don't have to become Jews to be saved. We get to believe in Jesus raised from the dead and are added into the family of God and then turn around and participate with the global movement of missions throughout the world so that when Jesus returns, every people group will have heard the name of Jesus. And that's our big picture right now. That's our big person. We say, I am a servant of the Lord. I am this kind of, quote-unquote, undeserving Gentile that by faith gets welcomed into the family of God, and now I get to serve God by being a part of a local church that worships Jesus and being a part of the global spread of the gospel, bringing the name of Christ to people who have never heard him before so that there is this humongous reward of Gentiles brought to Jesus. As the reward of his sufferings. That's your place. And if you say, I'm a servant of the Lord, you get to find your place in the scriptures. And then you get to see everything that's happening in your life through the lens of God's big plan. Because you're a servant of the Lord. Amen? Even the Rona. The Rona gets to fit into the story. If you're a servant of the Lord, all the stuff that's going on, all the mess-ups, all the letdowns, these are all part of the big story of undeserving Gentiles being chosen and loved and included in the people of God and finding their place and finding their home and finding their purpose and finding their mission so that we get to contribute to the spread of the greatness of Jesus being known throughout the world. And I could mic drop it right here, but... I still have most of my message left. Don't worry, I know how to talk fast. The second greatness of Jesus that servants of the Lord get to greet is the fact that he is the Son of God. When Mary hears about this announcement of David, she responds and says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And, And it's interesting, if you were with us last week, we were talking about how Zechariah... Kind of wondered how the promise was going to be fulfilled, and Gabriel was not pleased with him and kind of made it so we can talk anymore. And Mary's responding as well, but it, it obviously isn't with that same kind of unbelief that requires a correction. She's wondering more about like the hows, like how is this going to work because it's not physically possible and it doesn't even look morally good. So, how is this going to happen if all of a sudden I'm with child, with the son of David? And I'm not married yet. And so the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to make this child conceived inside of her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And this is where the angel is letting us know that this man, this child that's going to be born and grow up to man is not just it's not just a miracle child like spontaneous conception, that this miracle child is going to be understood to be the Son of God himself. That this, that this miracle child is going to have this utterly unique relationship to God in that he was the Son of God before he was conceived. And he was made by the Holy Spirit inside of a woman by power and miracle. And people are going to know it and recognize it and speak. And praise Jesus for the greatness of the fact that he is the son of God made flesh. Now for our Muslim friends who hear about this, they can really get triggered because um, they can hear us saying that Mary was impregnated by God like the old Greeks used to do at the Greek gods, where they would find a pretty lady and then they would turn into a swan or something like that and sneak into their bedroom in the middle of the night. And it's, it's a real mess. Zeus, Zeus is a bad guy. How did he become number one? The pagans were nuts. They can hear something that to them sounds like God became a man and had sex with a woman and made a baby that way. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying that God chose a young woman and made a miracle conception inside of her without any of the regular physical processes needed for life and he did that so that people would know that this is not just a human being conceived miraculously like an isaac or something like that this really is god come down and so when we think about jesus our minds and our hearts get to worship him with amazing greatness. And so here is just one passage from Scripture where the Apostle Paul is worshiping with his pen the godness of Christ. And he says this about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. Imagine saying that about any man. When you see him, this is God. The firstborn over all creation. Now you could maybe say that about somebody who's great. For by him all things were created. Record scratch. Record scratch. No human being ever gets to be said about them, they made everything. Because even logically, if you're a human being, you were made, and so there was at least one thing that wasn't made by you because you had to get made before you could make everything. But Jesus was the unmade maker. He existed before anything was made. And so we can praise him and say part of his greatness is the fact that all things were created through him, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things. Imagine saying this about this baby Just you know, it comes out and it's a good delivery and so she's pretty good (laughs) and you're like way to make everything and way to be worthy of everything way hey baby way to have everything in existence including me before you this is part of the greatness of christ is that yes everything was made through him and everything was made for him and he became a baby inside of a woman He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, which is just a big word for the greatest. That in everything he might be the greatest. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in that little baby in Mary, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the greatness of Christ. That the man Christ Jesus was God himself. And so we call this the incarnation, the greatness of Christ. That the, the Son of God became the Son of David through being conceived inside of Mary. And this is, this is our holy theology of Christmas. That God was incarnate. That he became infleshed. That everything that it meant to be God came down and became everything it meant to be a baby and a man. United perfectly in this one person. So that he could be the true reconciler between God and man. You need a God? Turn to Jesus. You need someone who understands what it means to be human? Turn to Jesus. You need someone who can take care of you? Turn to Jesus. You need someone who can do the impossible? Turn to Jesus. He's the greatest, and he's the greatest on behalf of the world and the greatest on behalf of his servants. It is so good to say, I am the servant of the Lord, because you get the greatness of Jesus. All right, number two. There was one A and one B. Here's number two. Servants of the Lord get to savor our favor. We get to savor the favor that we have from God. You know, a moment ago I was saying, you start off by acknowledging that the greatness belongs to Jesus. And in one sense, if you go, oh, if all the greatness is Jesus's, then what do I have? I guess I'm just a pauper. I guess I'm just poor. I guess I'm just bankrupt. I guess I go, don't get anything. I guess I get nothing. I guess I'm let, rejected. I'm bereft. I'm left alone. I guess that's what it means to be a servant of the Lord, is to just be forgotten. Well, no, we don't get to be the greatest. But we do get to get favor from God. The greatness belongs to God, but he turns around and gives us favor. He gives us acknowledgement. He gives us kindness. He gives us grace. And so when the angel greets Mary, he says to Mary, Greetings, O favored one. And then when she gets troubled by that, he says, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I started off this message by talking about how yet Mary's favor from the Lord is totally unique but it's not exclusive every servant of the lord has found favor with god most high every servant of the lord has found favor from the king of kings he looks upon us and he says oh i'll be blessed O oh favored one. Oh, i'll oh be happy oh one looked upon by god with grace and, and as servants of the Lord, if we'll say, I'm a servant of the Lord, we get to just enjoy that. I'm a servant of the Lord. He looks on me with favor. When I walk into the room, he goes, hey, you're here. He wants to be gracious to me. He wants to be generous to me. He wants to give me good gifts. He looks on his servants with favor. And so I just, somewhat randomly, the first passage that came to heart, because so much of the New Testament is about trying to convince Christians that they don't need to fight and squabble and fuss and rip and tear and bite and devour each other because by grace we've got favor from the Lord, more favor than we'll ever be able to use up in this life. And so in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage Timothy. Paul's about to die and he wants to help Timothy um, not be taken out by the bad news of his spiritual mentor and leader being killed. And he says this, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And then he starts just sharing Timothy's favor that he has from the Lord, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, there's tons of passages like this, and you might even be thinking of a better one, but as servants of the Lord, and this is what Paul's calling Timothy to here. He says, don't run away and don't be ashamed. Be a servant of the Lord in your time. Be willing to suffer with Christ. Why? Because you've got so much favor on you. God saved you. He forgave you. He forgave you all of your sins, and he brought you to himself through Jesus. He gave you this holy calling. He's taken your life and said, I want you to do my will. Be my servant. I'll give you stuff to do. Every day could be small. There's still more diapers. Could be big. I need you to get interviewed for the national news. It could be monotonous. Do these kids really need three meals a day? It could be a big deal. Like whatever is big to you. He's given us these holy callings. He's given us work to do to serve him. And this is part of the favor. To be used by God as a gift from God. And then he says, and it's not because of your own works. You haven't earned this. It's not a reward and it's not a punishment. It's because he loves you. It's because of his own purpose and grace, which he, he gave you before the ages began and you found out that he gave it to you at some point in your life. When, you, when God opened your eyes to see that Jesus was great and amazing and that everything he did counted for you too and you could give your life to him and be chosen and loved as much as Mary, just different than Mary. This is one of the things I love about heroes of the faith. For us, it's not God chose them more. He just chooses us different. And it's not like he loves them more. He just loves different. The heroes of the faith... It's, it's same and different. But everything that the angel saying to Mary is true about you too. Just different. So we got to savor our favor. I'm a servant of the Lord, which means God just poured out so much grace and favor on me in love. This is so good. Number three and finally. The servants of the Lord really learn to trust in the Spirit's power in their life. Mary hears about this call to bear the Son of David before she's married, and obstacle right off the bat. Now she has faith. Like I said, she's not getting discipline, but right off the bat, you know, <laughs> red alert, red alert. I can see a difficulty in this being accomplished, and so she she shares it meekly and the angel's response to this insurmountable problem of her being single is to trust in the power of the holy spirit to accomplish god's purpose the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. This is the lesson that the angel teaches Mary, the servant of the Lord, when she sees the impossible. The power of the Holy Spirit will come to you, and nothing will be impossible with God. And then she responds by saying, I am, a servant, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done according to your word. And you know what? This is true for us too. Yes, none of us will have the baby Jesus conceived inside of us. But through the new birth and the power of the Spirit, we have the risen Jesus living inside of us. And yes, the Holy Spirit will never overshadow us to create a little baby without a human father. But yes, the Holy Spirit constantly overshadows his people now to create the life of God inside of them and to empower them to do the will of God. That's what samesies about this. Christian, the Holy Spirit overshadows you to do the will and word of God. And the servant of the Lord makes it their daily and weekly and lifelong practice to continually putting their trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's will through them. How are we going to do this? Holy Spirit, we need you. How am I going to change? Holy Spirit, we need you. Look at all these problems. Holy Spirit, we need you. You've told us that from now on, nothing will be impossible with God, and you're God's great answer to all of our weakness. It's the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. And as we look f- to the next couple of weeks, you know, we got some disappointing news about how many people you can have around the table over Christmas or whatever. How are you going to get through this stuff? It's going to be By the power of the Holy Spirit. As servants of Christ, this should be our continued response. If we can't do anything, how are we supposed to serve Jesus? By the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're locked down, how are we supposed to do anything for Jesus? By the power of the Holy Spirit. If we can't get what we want, how are we supposed to do anything? By the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the answer, and we could talk about Pentecost. But hey, why don't we just read Romans 8 9 here. This is Paul saying the exact same thing. He says to all the Christians in Rome... You however are not in the flesh you're not left alone you're not living a life apart from Christ but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ he does not belong to him are you a Christian are you a real Christian you have the spirit of Christ the same spirit that made Jesus inside of Mary lives in you or you're not a Christian But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, problem, the Spirit is life because of righteousness, God's solution. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. The biggest problem every single person has is that they're going to die. Rich And famous, unknown, and forgotten. Healthy, sick, near, far, the greatest problem we all have is that someday we're going to die. And God says, if the Spirit is in you, He is going to raise you bodily from the dead. And if God's Spirit is the answer to the biggest problem you'll ever have, how much more so is His Spirit going to be the leader and the solutioner For everything else. Amen? This is called a if that then this. Jesus did it all the time. If God so clothes the lilies which are here today and tomorrow are thrown into the fire. How much more so is he going to take care of you, you little faith? And if the spirit of God living in you one day is going to. Whether you're in your casket or wherever the body is at the resurrection. There's one of the mysteries. If I die... Traveling in an airplane <laughs> that I took off from France and landed in Acapulco, where am I going to be resurrected from the dead? You know what I mean. If you cut my body in half and bury some of it in Tucktyucktuck and the other half in Otterburn, where am I going to be? It doesn't matter. The biggest problem is the death, and if the spirit of God is the solution to the biggest problem, how much more so? What comes down the pipe for us this afternoon? Amen. And this is the confidence that the servants of the Lord foster in ourselves. So I am going to pray. I'm going to invite the team to come up. Maybe I'll step down here. But Christian, today I want to just encourage you to join with me in saying about yourself, I'm a servant of the Lord. And prayerfully and using your will as God enables you to, seeking to become obsessed with the greatness of Jesus. This is one of the great joys of life, is that holy self-forgetfulness that longs to see Christ and to see ourselves in Christ and see ourselves as a part of Christ's plan and working out in the world. And may we, by the power of God, be stirring up in ourselves a reminder of God's kindness to us in the gospel. God's love for us in grace. That we be savoring the favor that God has poured out to us to be Gentiles brought in. And that by the power of God, we be just more and more in the moment putting our trust in the Holy Spirit given to us to be the solution to all of our problems as we attempt to serve the Lord. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be touching every heart right now again. Lord, we are the servants of Jesus. Would you open our hearts and our eyes to see the greatness of Christ, to be obsessed with him and delighted in him and in awe of him and worshiping him. And Lord, as you've united us with Christ by faith so that everything wonderful about grace about Christ overflows onto us by grace, would you help us to savor these things, love these things, delight in these things, and Lord, as our place as servants of the great one who have found your favor, would you help us to grow in spirit-empowered service to you. And what you've given us today, as well as the big dreams we have, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.